welcome to Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. I am Cecily Link, and this week I'm going to be wrapping up the Never Forever season with a discussion of a song called Flowers, which Kate Bush performed with a singer named Zane Griff. everybody to the last episode of the never forever season and just like i planned it this is also going out on the last thursday of the calendar year 2018 so yay love it when stuff like that works out so this week i am by myself up here i couldn't find anybody to talk about this song with so it's just gonna be me just like last week's song you didn't find anybody for that one either so to this week i'm gonna talk about a song called flowers Flowers was released on an album called Figures by a New Zealand musician named Zane Griff. Zane Griff was born October 4th, 1957 in Auckland. And he was, though he was raised in New Zealand, he moved to England in the 1970s so that he could become a solo artist and working with other bands. Among the many people that Zane has worked with over the years, he's worked with a group called The Human Instinct, The Kinks, David Bowie, Gary Newman, and even Hans Zimmer, who, by the way, produced and played on this, this song and the album that this song comes from. And most importantly, so Zane and how did Zane and Kate Bush meet? He also worked with Lindsay Kemp. And it was while he was taking lessons with Lindsay that he met Kate Bush because they were in the same classes together. Now, in regards to how I, I mentioned that I wanted to, that I couldn't get anybody for this song, I was really hoping to actually get Zane Griff for this episode. Zane is still around, and he's still performing in England and other places around the world, but I was not able to get a hold of him, and I even had the very crazy idea... <laughs> The very crazy idea of trying to get Lindsay Kemp himself to speak on this episode. But unfortunately, he passed away earlier this year on August 25th of 2018. So didn't get to any of those, but that's okay. That's okay. So Zane released two solo albums in the early 80s. The first album he released was called Ashes and Diamonds, which is a, also a song that I'm familiar with, I'll get to in a moment. And then his second album, Figures, was released in 1982, and that's the album that this song, well, figures on. I first heard of Zane Griff long, probably about, probably about 10, 15 years ago. Actually, it would have been about 15 years ago. So when I was in late high school, I was super into 80s music, and usually the more obscure, the better. And while I was perusing the internet one day, I can't even remember exactly how I came across this website, I found a website called New Wave Outpost. And New Wave Outpost at the time 
was had a message board and a song of the week. So the webmaster would post a song once a week, usually something out of print from some group whose music hadn't been released on CD yet. And I would download, I would go to his website every week. It was usually on the clock. And one of the first, uh, I think one of the first weeks that I discovered New Wave Outpost, Zane Griff's song Ashes and Diamonds <laughs> was the song of the week. And I remember downloading that one and really liking it. It's a little bit of the time, but I, I really like it. So, hey. And so that's how I knew of Zane Griff. And at the time, I couldn't even get the rest of his stuff. I mean, it sounded cool. I wanted it, but you could only, I mean, we're talking early 2000s. You had to get LPs or even a cassette if you could find it. And his stuff was not on CD yet. When I started digging into more of Kate Bush a couple of years later, that's when I found out that, oh, she did a song with Zane Griff, hence this week's song, Flowers. So when I first heard Flowers, I went, ooh, I really like this. Like, again, very of the time, but I really like it. And what I find especially interesting about uh, just kind of the trajectory of Zane's career, like I mentioned, he worked with David Bowie, and actually for a time, um, people had trouble telling them apart looks-wise. And if you Google what, uh, if you Google pictures of Zane Griff and you compare him with what David Bowie looked like at that time, very much in that mold. And I will say, after uh, after a time, I downloaded this album, Figures that Flowers was on. And it is really, really cool. I can see like, it seems like they were trying to get him into kind of a uh, like artsy David Bowie sort of vibe. But unfortunately, things didn't quite work out. In fact, this song was released as a single in the UK. And like I said, it was released in August 1982 on his second album, but the single did not chart at all. In fact, Zane has only ever charted twice in the UK, and forget about the US, he's never charted here. The song Tonight reached number 54 in early 1980. That was a song from his first album, Ashes and Diamonds. And speaking of Ashes and Diamonds, that only reached number 68 in May of 1980. So this is the only two times that Zane has ever charted in the UK. And... It's really unfortunate, I think, because this song, it's, it's a little more obscure, perhaps, but I really like it. It's up there for you, um, the previous week's song. It's up there for as far as her collaborations go. I really like this one. I like the, the lyrics and the melody, and I, I just, I love synth pop. I really do. So this is like totally up my alley. <laughs> So let's see, as far as what this song is about, this song is a tribute to Lindsay Kemp, who was the mime teacher, like I mentioned, who uh, Zane and Kate took classes with in the mid-70s. And it's a direct reference. You know, you brought us flowers, beautiful flowers to share. It's a reference to that famous show that Lindsay Kemp put on in the 70s and even into the 80s which our lovely Kate Bush saw and was very much inspired by for her song, Moving. What I think is really cool about this song is, of course, Kate's contribution. That's the part I love absolutely the most about the song, of course! And she actually appears quite a few times in this song. 
In the first verse, she sings Left with Left Them with Love in some cafe and it dances, danced with ghosts of Jeanet. And we'll get into okay, Jeanet, why is she mentioning Jeanet? Then in the second verse, she sings, I find it hard to explain it. How does one explain this? And also sings really low at the end of the first verse. She also later on comes in on the line, your life is sad. There's no life sadder. It's something love can't make better. And then over the outro, as Zane is singing, you brought us flowers. She keeps repeating Jean Genet, which we'll get into. Okay, who is a Jean Genet? Why is she singing that? So that's what Kate's contribution is to this song. And you can hear each of these clips right here. the title of this song refers directly to a mime and music show from 1974 performed by Lindsay Kemp and a show that was based on the novel Our Lady of the Flowers which was written by the French author Jean Genet and in that show he played the lead role of a character called Divine. So Jean Genet is quite a fascinating character and I want to mention him first because he's the one who wrote Our Lady of the Flowers, which Flowers was based on. And if you remember from the moving episode that I did, oh my God, it feels like ages ago that I did that episode, I mentioned that Kate Bush went to see a production of Flowers and that was what inspired her to take Lindsay's classes and of course to write the song Moving. So Jean Genet is a, or was I should say, a French novelist, playwright, poet, essayist, and political activist. He was born December 19th, 1910, and he died in April 15th, 1986. Jean Genet, when he was young, um, his mother was a prostitute who raised him for the first seven months of his life before she put him up for adoption. Despite being with a loving foster family and doing very well in school, Jean would run away and engage in incidents of petty theft. And after his foster mother died, he was put up with an elderly couple, but after committing repeated acts of vagrancy and even going out every night and wearing makeup, 
He was sent at the age of 15 to Metre Penal Colony, where he spent three years. Then he joined the Foreign Legion, but was kicked out for engaging in homosexual acts. He returned to Paris in 1937 and went in and out of prison for theft, using false papers, lewd acts, and other offenses. It was while he was in prison in the 40s that he began writing Our Lady of the Flowers on bits of leftover paper given to him by the guards. Guards were allowed to give prisoners brown paper so that they could make bags. But a prison guard discovered Genet's writing, so the guard confiscated the manuscript and burned it. But Jean was determined, so he rewrote what he had already written. And that second version of the novel Our Lady of the Flowers survived, and Genet even took it out of prison with him. So what is Our Lady of the Flowers about? It is a largely autobiographical account of a man's journey through the Parisian underworld, with characters based on real people who were homosexuals living on the fringes of society. The novel tells the story of Divine, a drag queen who, when the novel opens, has died of tuberculosis and been canonized as a result. The narrator tells us that the stories he is telling are mainly to amuse himself while he passes his sentence in prison, and the highly erotic, often explicitly sexual stories are spun to assist his masturbation. Jean-Paul Sartre called it, quote, the epic of masturbation. In the novel, Divine lives in an attic room overlooking the Montmartre Cemetery, which she shares with various lovers, the most important of whom is a pimp called Darling Daintyfoot. One day, Darling brings home a young hoodlum and murderer, dubbed Our Lady of the Flowers. Our Lady is eventually arrested and tried and executed. Death and ecstasy accompany the acts of every character, as Genet performs a transvaluation of all values, making betrayal the highest moral value, murder an act of virtue, and sexual appeal. So it is from this novel that we now get to Lindsay Kemp. So who was Lindsay Kemp? He was born May 3rd, 1938 in Birkenhead, England. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, he died earlier this year, August 25th, 2018, at the age of 80 in Livorno, Italy. He was born in Birkenhead, but grew up in South Shields near Newcastle-upon-Tyne. His father, a seaman, was lost at sea in 1940. According to Kemp, he danced from early childhood. Quote, I'd dance on the kitchen table to entertain the neighbors. I mean, it was a novelty in South Shields to see a little boy in full makeup dancing on point. Finally, it got a bit too much for my mother, and she decided to send me to boarding school at the age of eight, hoping it would knock some sense into me, unquote. Kemp's mother moved away from South Shields, and Kemp attended Bearwood College near Wokingham, a school for the sons of merchant seamen. He and his mother later moved to Bradford, Yorkshire, where Kemp attended Bradford Art College before studying with Hilda Holger and mime with Marcel Marceau. In the 1950s, he did national service in the RAF. In an interview with the BBC, he fondly remembered being shouted at for being unable to march properly due to his desire to dance. And in 1974, this is how we get to Flowers. Flowers was a mime and music show based on Our Lady of the Flowers. And it is this show that our lovely Kate Bush saw and was very much inspired by and started taking lessons with him. It's also worth mentioning that Kate and Zane are not the only famous people 
who Lindsay taught. He also taught David Bowie and was actually his lover for a time. He also taught Vivian Stanshall. He actually, this is, I thought this was really cool. Speaking of Bowie, he staged and performed in Bowie's Ziggy Dust Stardust concerts at London's Rainbow Theater in August 1972 and appears in the promotional video for Bowie's single, John, I'm Only Dancing. And also he has performed in film, but most of what he's known for or was known for were his theatrical productions. When I get to the red shoe season, I'm going to talk about the line, the cross and the curve. Um, he was a, he played a supporting role in um, that short film from Kate Bush. He was also a dancer and cabaret performer in Sebastian from 1976 and Jubilee. He was a pantomime dame in Todd Haynes' Velvet Goldmine and the pub landlord, Elder McGregor, in the original version of The Wicker Man. Before he passed away this year, his last public performance in the United Kingdom was a collaboration with a singer-songwriter named Tim Arnold at Manchester's Bridgewater Hall in a multimedia live arts installation of Arnold's song, Would Love Would Want. That was in June of this year. And he died on August 25th, 2018, at the age of 80 in Livorno, Italy. David Houghton, his closest friend and collaborator for the last 45 years, said that he had remained busy and active right up until the end, and, quote, he suddenly said he felt ill, and a minute and a half later, he was gone, unquote. So listening to this song, as I mentioned, I was... I was thinking of trying to get a hold of him for the song to see what to see what what he would think about having a tribute done to him in this beautiful song and also to talk with him about what it was like to teach Kate Bush when she was not even at Wuthering Heights yet. She was just starting out and taking lessons and kind of growing herself as an artist, but unfortunately that did not happen. But in regards to the song, as I mentioned, I love the 80s-ness of it. I love the synthiness. I think that it's a gorgeous song and an equally gorgeous tribute. And when I found the song, it was a nice, pleasant surprise. I always like trying to dig into the songs that Kate did, really didn't write, but which she sang on. And I think it says something that... For somebody who has a reputation of being a hermit, that actually she's collaborated and worked with quite a few people. And it's always a wonderful surprise for me to listen to a song. And I know that Kate isn't going to be in there somewhere. And then suddenly her voice pops up. It's like, oh, this is like a little. Now, as far as this song goes, frankly, I'm surprised that it wasn't a bigger hit. Just from the clips that I've played of this song in the episode, you can tell it's very much of the time in a wonderful way. And I think it would have fit well on the charts next to anything else. But unfortunately, things didn't quite work out that way. And actually, about two years after this album was released, Zane Griff returned to New Zealand, where he became the owner of a jazz club in Auckland. And in that time, he did produce several artists and wrote, has actually started like writing songs throughout the years. And then starting in January 2010, 
Um, Griff started recording his third album, Child Who Wants the Moon, which was eventually released a year and a half later. And at that time, his first two albums, Ashes and Diamonds and Figures, the album that this song is on, were re-released for CD and on iTunes. That was in June of 2012. And in also the year before that, he returned to live music. And he's still pretty active on Facebook. I see his posts about playing in London or playing in New Zealand. Maybe one day he'll come to the United States. That would be really, really cool. Maybe that would be cool. So anyway, that's it here for the song Flowers. I want to thank everybody for sticking with me through the Never Forever season. And if I've started picking up new people and you're just getting to this, hello, thank you so much for listening. It's always wonderful to come up here and talk about Kate, even if I'm all by myself, which I am right now, but that's okay. Um, so I've been enjoying talking about Never Forever and all of the various collaborations and B-sides and all the album tracks because Never Forever is my second favorite Kate Bush album. However, I am especially looking forward to the dreaming because as of this recording, we're recording this about a week before, actually, this is like the Thursday, a couple days before Christmas of 2018. As of this recording, I now have five episodes <laughs> from The Dreaming. I have five different chats that have been recorded for The Dreaming, and I'm starting to put it all together, and I'm super, super excited. Those episodes are going to be released starting next month at the end of January, early February, with, of course, an album introduction episode. And my guest for the album introduction episode is going to be somebody who has already become a very good friend of the show. We've never actually met in real life, but I feel like if we did, it would be absolutely awesome. We would just be talking about Kate Bush all the time, Zoe. And so Zoe P is going to be joining me for the Dreaming in album intro episode because that's one of her favorite favorite albums of Kate Bush as well as mine and there's hope that perhaps I might get to hear from some folks who actually worked with Kate I've been trying to make more of a an effort to do that and bring that into the show and we'll see what happens with that but that will all be next month however in the next few weeks before the dreaming episodes go out I'm going to be putting out a couple of smaller episodes. In fact, I'm going to start doing like a fan mail slash mailbag episode. That's going to be coming out in, I'm going to think I'm going to have that go out in about two weeks. And it's just going to be fill, it's going to be like input from people who have been listening to the show and any corrections or any other thoughts on the first three albums so far. Because, well, the first three albums are their wonderful little slice of Kate Bush's career. And then once we get to the dreaming, there's like no looking back to the previous out previous songs or previous demos that she's done. Everything is just completely new, like completely like letting go of what happened before and doing something completely new. So I thought it would be really awesome to just do like collect stuff from the first three albums and all that with mailbag. Now, if there is a Kate Bush song or even a few songs that you want to talk about for a future episode, here's where you can contact me. You can email me kbcast at linkmedia.com. That's link with an E. You can find me on the web at kbcast.linkmedia.com. You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash strangekatecast. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. 
can message me in any of those places. I love hearing from people who enjoy Kate's music as much as I do. I love hearing from people who want to talk about their favorite songs. I'm super excited about that. Another thing that I'm excited about is that I'm going to be starting up a Patreon very soon. And some of you listening might know what a Patreon is, but um, for those who may not know, uh, Patreon is basically a way for you to support the show and even get extra content. I've had this idea for a while of doing an extra feed just for subscribers. Uh, the paid subscribers where I just sit down with a Kate fan and we talk about what her music means to you and not necessarily about a particular song or I sit down with somebody and we talk about a particular part of her fandom or what it was like to be at the tour of life what it was like to be at before the dawn things like that so if you are interested in participating in any of those episodes, which would be a Patreon-only thing, you'd pay a certain amount per month and you can get the special feed, then make sure you can con- you can contact me at any of the contact information that was given just about maybe a minute ago, something like that. I'm not sure. I'm not really looking at timestamps and everything right now. So all that said, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in and listening this season. And if you're just joining the show, hey, you're coming in at a really awesome, even more awesome time. And if you've been listening for a while, hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your listening, for your support, for liking and retweeting the episode links and just getting in contact and talking about Kate Bush because, come on, she's awesome. We love talking about her. Who doesn't love to talk about Kate Bush? So thank you everybody for listening and we'll see everybody next time. The next little episode that's going to go out is a mailbag episode that will be coming out in January, 2018. And for now, I hope that everybody has happy holidays and a very happy new year, 2019. And here's Zane and Kate to take us out.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 